We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Alrighty, Pacer fans, we are back for episode 7 of the Point Guard Chronicles. It is a Wednesday. We hope you're having a great day. On today's episode, we're going to talk with Giancarlo Navis, me and Mike Facci, about Goran Dragic and what he will do with his player option. Will he opt in? Could he opt out and be a free agent? Is there a possible trade the Pacers could make if Dragic does opt in with the Miami Heat? So I think you'll like this one. Dragic is a little bit older, but I still think he's an intriguing prospect and an upgrade at point guard over Darren Collison. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Pacer fans, welcome to another episode of the Point Guard Chronicles. Today we're going to be talking about Goran Dragic with my man Giancarlo Navis from the Miami Heat Beat. And of course, my co-host Mike Facci joining us as well. But Giancarlo, what's going on, man? Hey man, how's it going? Getting ready for the lottery today? Zion, hopefully, will end up in Miami. Hopefully, <laughs> or Atlanta. Or Atlanta. That's my, that's my other pick. If Miami can't go, as long as it's not the Knicks, I think we're good. Uh, let's send him out west. Nobody wants him in the Eastern Conference. Uh, ah, good point, good point. <laughs> so we are recording this on Tuesday at 6 o'clock before the draft lottery. So if you're hearing this next week, we apologize. You probably already know the results. But I do want to talk here a little oh bit about Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, it's all right. It's all right. It's all good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is exciting to just try to figure out where this is all going. But let's talk a little bit about Goran Dragic, show the Pacers this year. Both their point guards are up. They've got – Aaron Holiday sitting in the wings, but I don't think he's ready yet to take that starting role. And Dragic is a veteran that the Pacers have had interest in before. My biggest question is, he's got that player option. What are you guys thinking that he is going to do with that option? So Goran this offseason has been very peculiar about the about the optics. He has a $19 million opt-in, uh, and he's expressed desire to stay in Miami in the past. He's very happy here. His family's very happy here. Uh, the first year that he was in Miami, his family wasn't here, and he was very depressed. He did not play well when his family was not with him, when his, when his wife was in Slovenia, uh, just having a baby. So he is very much motivated by family. Mm-hmm. Um, and by all intents and purposes, they, they very much like it here. But, you know, he, he, there is a question of role with Justice Winslow kind of emerging late in the season as the Heat's best point guard, Goran, being moved to a bench role, which he played very, very well in. Um, but but when, you know, Winslow is the younger player. Winslow is they're better when Winslow plays point guard. All the numbers would indicate that. So Goran might want to opt out for role. It's just is anybody going to give him years that he's going to be able to recoup that nineteen million? That that 
I guess that's kind of the question with him. Mm-hmm. Giancarlo, you know, as uh, as Goran, you just turned 33 last week. And, you know, you mentioned about the year. So it is pretty pivotal. He's probably only going to be looking at maybe one long-term contract left in his career, just about one three- or four-year deal. But overall, how would you grade the Drogic trade move and, and his time in Miami if it is coming to an end? That's a loaded question because the Drogic trade was made with the intent of playing him with Chris Bosh. They traded two first-round picks and mm-hmm. all their fair change for him. And uh, as soon as he got to Miami, Chris Bosh had a blood clot. So that yeah. pairing was never able to happen, right? So, like, I think this entire era of post-LeBron Miami Heat basketball has to be looked at through the prism of Chris Bosh's lungs stopped working. He had pulmonary embolism. He almost died uh, yeah. twice. So mm-hmm. Goran has played very well. Miami has not. Miami has won a playoff series since he's been here. If they beat the Hornets uh, when they were the three seed. And they lost to the Raptors in seven the year that the Raptors went to the Eastern Conference Finals. They were game away, uh, and they got blown out in 97 on the road. So, Gordon has played very well. He's also struggled with some injuries. I think he, I think probably the biggest surprise when he got here, not having seen too much of him out west, is that he's not the best pick and roll guard in terms of he's not like I think the biggest difference when Dwayne came back to the team was Dwayne is such a. Dwayne tried stuff, right? So, like, he has very ambitious as a passer. Goran will, he's, like, fundamentally, like, not wired to be this hyper-aggressive passer trying to jam the ball in places. He doesn't want to turn the ball over. He'll probe and come back out. You know, he's very, uh, Zach Lowe likes the phrase persnickety to describe players like that, like Kyle Lowry and Marcus All. And I feel like that's a really good way to look at Dragic. Like, he's very, he's not very mistake-prone. Um, he's a very good finisher, although it's declined every year. Uh, he's kind of added a little kind of like step-aside three, which has been very helpful. His three-point shooting is good. So, I, probably, I mean, very long-winded way to say B, get to B, made yeah. one all-star team, probably didn't deserve it. Uh, everyone <laughs> in Miami kind of knew that. But, um, listen, he, he, I like him in Indiana a lot. He's not as bad a defender as people think. I don't think he's good, uh, but he's like pesky. Right, and I think Indiana will be able to hide him, particularly if they keep Miles Turner, who's incredible. I mean, Goran is going to get beat by faster guys like Kemba or whatever. You know, at that point, you have to have bigger guys on him. But he's not a guy that it's like like Cantor that you know we can't play him. He's going to get he's going to get completely played off the floor. Like that's not going to happen with him defensively. Well, let me ask you this because you guys did trade for him a couple years ago, and we've seen him get some injuries, and it's just one of those things where you have to try to. Uh, I guess you assess a player and see what their future could be like. So if he does opt out of this contract, he's going to want probably a couple of years on the next deal. And how have, have you seen him decline quite a bit since when he first got there? And how much would you be willing to pay him if you were a team like Indiana looking to try to maybe upgrade your point guard? So the, the Goran is, is kind of interesting because remember the first few years of his career, he was backing up Nash, right? So like he came into the league and didn't really play a lot. You know, Nash was taking a bulk of the minutes in Phoenix. So he's kind of a low mild, you know, like Jimmy Butler's like a high mild 29 year old with pivotal minutes. Goran's kind of a low mild player. You know, he's had some injuries that have kept him sideline. He missed like 50 games or something, something ridiculous. So there's not a lot of miles on his body. And, I, you know, I've talked to him after games, especially coming up to the injury, 
And, you know, he was saying my body feels really good. I, 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 feel, I feel like I'm getting close to 100%. Um, and he's a very physical guard. He really loves contact under the rim. Like, he'll look for it. Right? Like, he's not Kyrie Irving that's, like, trying to shy away from it. Like, he, he's going under the rim looking for contact. His decline, like, I haven't noticed anything of foot speed. It's mostly been the finishing numbers that's kind of gone down. You know, you, you age and you're not as strong as you used to be your upper body and everything like that. I imagine, and this is what, you know, I've talked to some of the beat writers down here, and, and we've all kind of, like, discussed. The move for Goran, we imagine, if he were to opt out, were to be try to get some, like, a three-year, like, 45-50 type thing, mm-hmm. right? So you get you get something, something like that. Uh, I mean, we were talking through the prism of Miami, not really him going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But I imagine that he's probably going to want something like a three-year deal. I do think that he'll be good by the end of that three-year deal. I don't know if he'll be worth the money. I guess you pay on the front end, right? So if you're Indiana, you're looking at your window right now, and I know that they have that uh, Young's going away and all that, so they're going to have some reshuffling going on. But if you're playing for now, and if you think that Kawhi might leave and Philadelphia, Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris might leave, right? So you, you know, you, Kyrie Irving might leave. KD might not come here to this conference so I don't think it's the worst move for Indiana I think he's really good I think it'll help he'll take some pressure off Victor Oladipo he, he he loves to push still at the days like when he comes into the game Miami loves to play faster even though like by design Spolster's not never been like a, a running team so I'm looking like at three years probably he'll want okay. I kind of I like the fit I don't hate the fit for you guys uh, personally, that third year terrifies me because a, a 36, you know, or going into 37-year-old Goran Dragic making about 15 million, it, it could be a tough pill to swallow. You know, after Oladipo's contract is up. However, say he does opt into that final year and Miami is looking to move Dragic, what do you think he could be had for? Okay, so Miami's cap situation is kind of funny. So they're they owe 140 mil next year, and the cap set at 109, right? Yes. So, like, to, for them to make cap space is almost impossible. Like, they're mm-hmm. going to have to move heaven and earth, right? So, <laughs> you're not – if you trade Goron, it's like somebody has to take Dino Waiters or James Johnson, right? Like, I feel like that that has to happen. Yeah. And I think that what they're going to want is, okay, we're going to move Goron, but you got to take some of our junk. And Dion is on the hook for another two years at about 11 or 12. James Johnson, about the same. I imagine they'd want to keep Kelly Olynyk because he's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and JJ played well toward the end of the season, and Dion has his usefulness. But they're going to want to get under some of these four-year deals that they give out. So I imagine that, or and I don't think they'll be particularly... I think they'd be more interested in Indiana taking salary than them taking any good draft pick that Indiana's going to have because Indiana's going to be good. So, I don't, Does Indiana have like anybody else's pick? I don't even know. No, no we have, they have our like picks. A pick? They just have their picks? Yeah, just our picks. We have a crappy Doug McDermott contract we'd like to get rid of. Uh, <laughs> there's, uh, I'm sure there's people interested in Sabonis because obviously you got to if they wanted to trade for Turner, that'd be a lot of money right there. Sabonis still on that rookie deal. Aaron Holiday, but somebody that's, that's intriguing. Huh? Miami Miami is going to need a wing. Uh, Miami does not have a small forward, right? So they have Derek Jones Jr., who can't really shoot the ball that well, but he's mm-hmm. like an energy, like, pogo. So, like, Miami really needs – they're playing Josh Christian at small forward. 
and he's completely out of position. Like Miami wants to slide him back to shooting guard, have justice at the point guard, and they need some sort of small forward who can score and shoot. Uh, obviously, that's asking for a lot. So, well, what about a sign and trade for Bojan Bogdanovich? Both uh, he would fit. Uh, I don't know if Miami would want to commit years to to anybody like that. Yeah. Um. So I, I think the move. I mean, that would actually help Miami a lot. It would really give them the spacing that they want. Uh, defensively, I, I'm not too sure how Spolster would feel about that, but they, they do need something at, at that spot. But I think the the move would be to, hey, we're going to give you Goron. You have to take our crappy Dion Waiters or James Johnson contract. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of money no, to bring on to uh, the Pacers, $43 million of cap space without really giving much <laughs> back. So That's the situation Miami's in. Miami cannot. They can't they be too greedy be then. They, I mean, a, a but pick then what, do you, what do you get for Goron? Well, I'm right? saying uh, so, uh, the Pacers' 18th pick this year, McDermott for Goron. I think that's pretty fair. Okay, but you have to look at also Miami. So you either can get that, or you can write out Goron's contract and then get the 19 million dollars off your books, right? And then you have Hassan's 27 million dollars that will come off the books at the same time. So at least that way you create 50 million dollars in cap space, and you know that Riley wants to play with cap space. Okay, and at that but, point, when you have the 15 million cap, you can start sending picks away to get rid of the other guys. So, well, that's why I think McDermott, like, McDermott's lower contract might be easier to get rid of, though, right? It's only seven per year, so it's really not that bad. I guess, yeah. Just, I, I just, just thinking. No, yeah, it's footballing. Like, and they'd probably be able to play McDermott a little bit, considering that they. They get very, they're very fit. You know, you think that they have a lot of depth that they do, but they they had they had a logjam at guard earlier. They had to send Tyler Johnson away. Dwayne Wade just retired. Uh, Dan Waiters is always in and out of injury, and then sending Goran away. Yeah, Miami doesn't have a backup point guard. Yeah, they had to send Goran Tyler Rogers, Johnson away, huh? <laughs> I was listen. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't very upset about that. I'll tell you, I've been pretty critical of that contract, but oh, that's a Miami terrible doesn't contract. Have a, it was horrible, but they got back Ryan Anderson, which is basically the same thing. So they basically, and for them, them doing that was just to get the log jam out at guard. Because you had a bunch of guys who felt they can play, a lot of guys who were really unhappy. Um, so Miami's gonna, but now they're thin on guards, right? So D Wade's gone. Uh, if you're trading Gore on away, like you're gonna need some some sort of ball handler, right? Because Miami's not just gonna go in the tank and be bad. Right. And so you did say you did save a couple million. By getting Anderson instead of Tyler Johnson, it saved about I think like five million dollars. Not much, but it helps in terms of uh, being over the cap. A luxury He's tax. Partially guaranteed. Yeah. So Andy Ellisberg is like the genie of getting under the cap, which he's like amazing at. Um, I, I guess the main thing for Miami, uh, I mean, they're gonna that Ryan Anderson contract is partially guaranteed, so they they can they can wave and stretch him and create some room, and it's not as bad a pill to swallow as Tyler, but I, I imagine the move for Miami is if they can't unload, if they can't use Goron to unload Dion and James Johnson, uh, then they'll just wait it out and then get all that massive lump of cap space from the three of those guys. That creates about um, about almost $30, $37 million in cap space, which is about a max plot, and then you start having guys coming off the books. So they're kind of in a weird situation where they, they don't really want to take on more players right they want to kind of like dump things while kind of remaining semi-competitive um uh-huh. they could they could have used Dwayne Wade next year man I think they need another <laughs> ball they, they, they do and whatever you're going to do you're going to have to figure it out quickly because remember that 2021 unprotected pick is not yours 
<laughs> no. And that and that's the draft that they say that the high school players are going to get. Yep. Exactly. So like double draft. Uh, yeah. So I thought that, that was, was uh, 2022 actually. I think it's 2021. It's the earliest that it's believed that it could happen. Yeah, I've I've heard it yeah. more real realistically it's 2022-2023. So you guys might have got off the hook there. And I believe that was for the Goron trade. I believe that's a pick it was. that Phoenix conveyed. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll go kind of tying back to Goron that that's <laughs> the kind of the journey of that draft pick was was that and it's it's yeah. been unfortunate. Like for them the most I, I think they have this idea of in 2021 trying to create a max swap. I oh, think that nice. that's like the Riley plan. Not well, sure how they'll be able to, but that's there's a path. I mean, again, anything can happen with Riley. Hey, you know who I, was also a forgotten piece of that deal? Our boy Danny Granger was sent to Phoenix Danny, in that listen, deal. Are you aware of the Danny Granger folklore in Miami? I'm not, but I am Danny intrigued. Granger. Danny Granger was not liked when the Heat got him. When they signed him, the fan base was not happy. Nobody liked him. He was horrible. But he balled out on Christmas Day against the Cavs. LeBron's <laughs> first visit back hit a big three at the end of the game, and it's Danny Granger Heat life for now. Love me some Danny Granger. Listen, we're all about Danny Granger now. He's, <laughs> he's our hero who, be, who vanquished LeBron on Christmas, and we got to be our pettiest self. That is awesome. Well, just to kind of wrap this up here, my man, I just want to like just bring this all back together. So you're 50-50 on a Dragic resigns or opts in? I'm going to go I'm going to go 70% he opts in. I just okay, don't so, think that he'll be able to get that money elsewhere. All right, so you believe more than likely he'll sign in, but there's still a 30% chance in your mind that he might be a free agent and you do like that fit next to Oladipo, correct? I really do. All right, all right. So that is what we wanted to know. Uh, loved all the other conversation we had along with that and diving into it, but definitely wanted just to kind of wrap that up to get your final thoughts and bring it to uh, a closure here. So where can we find you at on Twitter, my man? You can find me at GNavas103. Um, you can also find us at MIEP for the playoffs. I am a lifelong Raptor fan this playoff. I'm a Kyle Lowry apologist. <laughs> <laughs> you follow all my Raptors tweets. I'm a, I'm a plus minus believer over here. Okay, all <laughs> Kyle's on off numbers are good. I will still Kyle Lowry this stuff. He's oddly my favorite player. I don't understand. Lowry for Dragic, straight up. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it right now. I'll trade Dwayne Wade for for, for Lowry. Oh, don't boy. play with me. Oh, this is so. This is such a weird way to end a Pacers podcast. But all right, Jay Carlos, <laughs> we appreciate it, my man. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, thank gentlemen. you. It was great. All righty, Pacer fans. That does it for another episode of the Point Guard Chronicles here on PacersTalk.net. We hope you guys have been enjoying these last seven episodes. You can go back and check them out underneath the Setting the Pace tab where it says the Point Guard Chronicles and listen to the previous episodes we've already recorded. Hope you guys are interested in what's coming up. We have Derek Rose tomorrow and Mike Conley on Friday. Peace out, Pacer Nation.